Hi, this is Carolyn. And if you've been listening to the podcast the past couple of weeks, you know I've taken a brief departure from our topics about mental health and faith. I've been going through the Easter story, starting with Palm Sunday, events of Holy Week, and today will be the last in this Bible study series titled Easter and Beyond. And the reason it's called Easter and Beyond is because I want you to know that the events of Easter continue. In fact, the Easter events will take us into eternity. Welcome, I'm Carolyn Cooper, and this is the Mental Health and Faith, A Closer Look podcast and YouTube program. Here, I want to offer you encouragement for life in this complicated world on topics around mental illness, our recovery journey, faith and spirituality, and lots of other topics related to mental health and wellness. But I want to remind you that this is not a replacement for getting help from a mental health professional. And if you find yourself in a crisis in the United States, you can call or text the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline at 988. I also have other helplines in the show notes and on my website. Now sit back and enjoy the show. I will be reading the Easter story from the Gospel of Luke. This is Luke 24, starting in verse 1. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this, So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his eleven disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. Sometimes when we hear that story, we know that we're reading about Easter Sunday and Jesus rose from the dead. So our mind just naturally latches on to those uh, verses that reference Jesus being alive again. The words of the angels. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. And I especially love the first words that they, that the uh, angel said to the women. Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? Jesus is alive. Yes, he is alive. Even today, 
he is alive. But let's step into the shoes of the disciples and those who were following Jesus for just a minute. This would be a hard story to believe. In chapter 24, Luke 24, verse 11, it's very revealing. The story that the women told sounded like nonsense to the men. But hadn't Jesus been preparing them for this? The answer is yes. Many times he had told them that he was going to Jerusalem to die, that he would be crucified. Did they not believe him? Now let's not do, let's not get too hard on the disciples because this is something that's hard to believe. Maybe he was speaking philosophically. Maybe he didn't really mean raised from the dead. Maybe he meant something else that they just didn't understand. It couldn't be that he actually died. That couldn't be what happened, right? Because they thought he was the Messiah. He was the king. He was going to reign over the earth. Yes, to hear that the body was gone and that he had been raised from the dead sounded like nonsense because it was beyond their human capability to understand those events. Just like really it's beyond ours. We can believe with all of our hearts that Jesus rose from the dead, but it is so hard for us to think about someone dying and being buried and then coming over the next day for a cup of hot tea. It just doesn't happen. They had trouble believing that the words Jesus said were literal, a literal prophecy of what was about to happen. Even after the women came with their great news that something had happened to Jesus. He was not in the tomb. I want to keep on reading in Luke because uh, the next story is commonly called uh, the road to Emmaus. And this is where Jesus is going to kind of give them a little nudge towards believing that what he had promised to do, he did. That his foretelling of his death and resurrection had come to pass. So I'm going to start reading again in Luke chapter 24. This will be verses 13 through 24. And again, this is the New Living Translation. Um, just, just a side note, when I'm studying, I use the New American Standard Bible, the NASB, because it is, a, it is more literal a more literal translation from the original language into our English. So it, so it captures some things a little differently. The New Living Translation is more of a storytelling approach, which I think is really nice when we just want to hear the story uh, of what happened in the events. So, Luke 24, verses 13 through 24. That same day... Two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. 
As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked, What are you discussing so intently as you walk along? Okay, spoiler alert. Jesus knew what they were talking about. (laughs) He just wanted to see how they would describe it. He asked them, What are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short. Sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. What things? Jesus asked. Can you see Jesus maybe hiding a little bit of a smile? The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of followers were at his tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. Okay, so let's look at a few little hints in that passage now about uh, the disciples and the, the people who had been following Jesus to this point. Okay, so... They stopped short when Jesus asked what they were talking about. Sadness written across their faces. Can you imagine being sad on Easter Sunday? No, it's the most joyous time in the world. To me, Jesus was showing quite a bit of patience and restraint by not saying, But I'm here! I am alive! Believe in me! Have joy! But he was waiting for the perfect time to reveal himself. They needed to understand the significance of what happened. They needed to explore that and discover it for themselves. Because everyone has to make their own choice on whether to believe in the resurrection of Christ. Let's look at some of the conversation between Jesus and these two men, one of them named Cleopas, uh, on this road to Emmaus. We know they were sad because they thought Jesus was the Messiah. But when he died, they thought, well, then he can't be the Messiah. Right there, we see that the disciples' vision for the Messiah did not match with the reality of what the Messiah, the Christ, our Savior, what he had to do for us. They were expecting someone to come, and as these 
as these men said, to come and rescue Israel. And in their mind, that meant rescue from the Romans. Rescue from people who were uh, interfering in their, in their laws, interfering in their community. Um, they wanted someone who would overthrow the Roman government and lead them to be the great nation they once were. But that was not God's plan. His plan was not to save for a lifetime on earth or for many lifetimes on earth. His plan was to bring about a new life on a new earth, free from sin and corruption, free from politics, scandals, pain, trauma, burdens, a new earth, a new heaven, a new world that Jesus will be leading when he comes back for the second time. They didn't get that. Also, if we see how they presented the story that they heard from the women, we get even more insight that they just did not get it. It was not computing. They, they stated that the women told them that his body was missing and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. But these men on the road to Emmaus did not say, so we were all excited that the angels told us he was alive. No, their focus was his body was gone, just as the women had said. There was some rumors, some speculation that someone had stolen his body away. That someone maybe had even stolen it to claim that he came back to life. You know, we don't know exactly what happened because none of us were there. All we know is what God has revealed in his word. And what God revealed is that the stone was rolled away. Angels were there to proclaim that Jesus had risen. And people, his own followers, were still having problems believing it. I want to ask you a question, and I want you to think about this. What has Jesus told you through his word, through that still small voice of the Holy Spirit, through a Christian brother or sister? What message have you received from, from the Lord Jesus that you just don't quite believe? That happens to all of us. That's where faith comes in. When we say, I am going to believe you, Lord, even if it's something I don't understand. That's what it is like to have a relationship with the Lord. Trusting him, believing in him, even when he is beyond our understanding. Let's finish the story. So after the men shared shared those uh, thoughts and those events with Jesus, he finally broke into the conversation. Uh, Luke 24, I'll be reading verses 25, and I think I'm just going to go through 37. 
Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By this time they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, Stay the night with us, since it is getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and at that moment he disappeared. Okay, are we supposed to believe that? Yes, yes we are. Our supernatural God is not bound by the same rules we are. Yes, Jesus was alive. He was flesh and blood again and fully God. He could manipulate time and space and matter. Yes, we are supposed to believe that happened because it did, because God said it did. These men said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered about them, who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. Then the two men from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Okay, that's where I'm going to end for now. <laughs> because Jesus is standing there and they still are having trouble believing it. They think they are seeing a ghost. And again, I might have reacted the exact same way. I may have passed out. I may have thought that I was in some kind of a weird dream. Seeing someone who was dead, who had been put in a tomb back alive it's just not something that we experience it's not natural it is supernatural it's not commonplace it's a miracle it's something only God can do and he sent his son to die to be buried and then to be raised to life for us. This is Carolyn. I'm in a little bit informal right now because I realized I forgot to mention that some of my ideas for this uh, Bible lesson tonight came from my pastor, Jeremy Lind of Harrisonville Community Church in Harrisonville, Missouri. He taught from the Gospel of Luke on Jesus' resurrection and the road to Emmaus. 
Now, what I presented was not the same as what he presented in his sermon, but I did draw from some of the ideas, and I, I want to credit him with, with that. I think what I'd like to do to kind of finish up this lesson is uh, to read a, a couple of very familiar verses. But before I do, I just want to say it is okay that we can't really understand our God. He is more powerful than we can imagine. He is more loving than we have ever experienced in our lives. He is he is without words, indescribable. That's who we serve. And I want you to think about this. Would you really want to believe in a God that you could describe and understand? What kind of God is that? God is beyond anything that we can imagine. Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice and is alive for us. John 3, 16 and 17. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. Yes, I added verse 18. That was John 3, 16 to 18. Because those three verses all go so well together to give a more complete understanding of what it means to believe in Jesus Christ. First, God loves us deeply, passionately. He wants a personal relationship with each individual person. He does not want anyone to perish. He sent his son into the world so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life in God's presence. He gives us the choice to believe or to not believe. He doesn't force it on us. We are not puppets. He lays out his truth in so many ways. He reveals himself in so many ways. And we get to decide to believe him or not. And when we believe him, he says in verse eight, uh, in verse 17, that Jesus did not come to the world to judge the world. Now, that being said, there will be a day of judgment. And that's another sermon series. <laughs> there will be times when we will be judged for our actions if we have not received Jesus as our Savior. But that wasn't the purpose. The purpose in coming was to save us so that we would not be judged. It was to save us so we could get a pass. That's called mercy. So that our sins could be forgiven, wiped away, and we could be welcomed 
into the family home in heaven. And in verse 18, this is why I wanted to read this one also. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. Just like I said. Grace and mercy. But it is our choice to believe or not. And there are people who choose not to believe. And when they choose not to believe, they don't get the free pass. They will be judged. And it will not be a pretty situation for them. Jesus loves you. He is alive. He wants to be in a personal relationship with you as an individual. He wants you to believe in him. And that is my prayer, that you will say yes to Jesus so that you will be part of that wonderful community in heaven for eternity. Next week, I'm going back to my topics on mental health and faith, and I want to encourage you now to be planning to listen through the month of May. May is Mental Health Month, and I have some amazing interviews to share with you. Some interviews with some mental health professionals and a peer like me who lives with a mental illness, and you can see how God has worked in in their lives as well. So please come back next week for for the next podcast. And again, I appreciate you being here. Please email me if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions. God bless you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And please send me your comments, questions, and even suggestions to carolyn at ingodscorner.org. That's C-A-R-O-L-I-N-E at ingodscorner.org. 